Any chance we're going to see Tretch coming up, maybe Nick Evers, and there's a way to potentially jumpstart this offense? We talk about what Luke Fickle had to say about it. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. I really do appreciate it. I always say this, but I truly mean it. Thank you so, so much for making this one of your first listens. You guys are incredible, guys and gals. Incredible, and thank you from the bottom of my heart. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. All right, let's get into it. So every Tuesday, we we typically go back through what the coaches have to say. I say coaches this time because we have great guard as well what they have to say about the previous week's game, what's coming up, thoughts on specific players. And I like doing this because, quite frankly, Luke Fickle puts a lot more out there than Paul Christ ever did. I don't know, what would this segment look like with Paul Christ press conferences? This segment would probably not exist. Let's be perfectly honest here. So let's get into what Luke Fickle had to say. Uh, this is the Monday press conference talking about kind of what they looked at on Sunday, players, thoughts, the week ahead. Some really interesting stuff in here from Coach Fickle. He starts with, and again, these are paraphrased. These aren't exact quotes, but the context is correct. I promise you. I'm not taking anybody out of context on anything. He said, basically, it's tough to get back into it. We all know losing stinks. Can't dwell on the past. But he did say Sunday might have been our best Sunday. Uh, In terms of, he said, the players got out there. They got sweat on. Put it behind them a little bit. Had some fun. And it is important to remember, like, the week has to move on. Right, uh, the team has to move on. You can't let I Indiana linger. You can't let Iowa linger. You can't let Ohio State linger. The season can still end on an upward note. So, yeah, it, it's good to hear that he thought Sunday was a good practice, a good day of practice. It's good that yeah, you can't dwell on it. It's still gonna tick you off, but you can't dwell on it because you you got to go out and beat Northwestern. You, you got to flip the page. You have to continue moving forward, or you will be stuck in the mud in the swamp of sadness, which to me, that that is after the Indiana loss. You get stuck in the swamp of sadness, pulling your horse through. If you're a little older, you might get that reference. He talked a little bit about Northwestern. He said uh, they've got a lot of seniors, and you can see that they come together. They don't beat themselves. Northwestern is a team, if you remember going back to the offseason drama, right, the the hazing allegations, the uh, Fitzgerald leaves. That team already projected to be one of the worst teams in the conference. They, they played much better than people thought they would. And sometimes you rally around things. Whether from the outside looking in, you think you think what happened at Northwestern is worth a team rallying around. Internally in that locker room, they probably do. right? They probably rally around it in that locker room. So, yeah, they played definitely better than people expected. And now, you know, the interesting thing is, like, we actually have to ask the question, are we going to beat Northwestern? Badger fans, like that's not where we're used. To. Even in the years where Northwestern has given us issues, this should not be one of those Northwestern teams. It's just, it's reflective of the the season that we've had. And yeah, I think we'll beat with Northwestern, but I, I said it on the previous show, I'm, I'm done. I'm done making kind of those lofty predictions. Like now the team just has to show me. You have to go out there and beat Northwestern. And by the way, if you're not ticked off coming after that Indiana game, like you have to beat Northwestern. So we'll see what happens. Um, This is a really interesting quote. So Luke was talking a little bit about 
some of the other players coming in, how well they, they've weathered some of the injury issues. I thought this was really interesting. He's talking a little bit about maybe some lessons learned, maybe some things that they need to improve on. He's t- speaking around it a little bit, but I thought this was really interesting. He said, when things have happened, and he's referencing injuries primarily here, maybe we weren't built well and prepared well enough for some of those guys that go into the ballgame. Is that recruiting, development, fall camp? Maybe we didn't go live enough to prepare those players. Now talking about kind of spring. So really interesting things to pull out of there. The first one is when he says maybe we weren't built well enough to withstand some of this adversity. He, he One of the first things he mentions is, is that recruiting, right? And he's not pointing a finger at anybody, but he's essentially saying maybe maybe we didn't have the depth on the team to withstand these types of injuries. And no excuses for losing to Indiana. And by the way, Indiana's down guys too, but his point is, is correct. You know, it, and some of that's on him. Some of that's on the previous staff. If we're just talking about recruiting, the point is correct. The team is not deep enough. It's not talented enough across the board. When you lose a DK and an Allen and a Chez and a Mordecai, it's not talented enough to, to withstand those injuries. And the younger guys going in haven't played quite frankly, haven't played well enough in, in moments to, to kind of make up for those losses. So I thought that was interesting. And then talking a little bit about, I like the fact that he's reflecting on what he could what he could have done better, what he hopefully will do better going forward in the future. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, he talked about Bryson Green a little bit. Bryson is one of those foxhole guys. He's only been here months, but he has a grit toughness. You're starting to see guys that can battle. That's good to see, right? Because you need, especially from a guy who transferred in, who isn't part of the traditional Wisconsin culture. You know, Luke Fickle is a culture guy. He's a tough guy. He's a former wrestler, former defense lineman. He's built his career to this point. Like he's a tough guy and tough recognizes tough. And maybe you are starting to see it a little bit with a Bryson green who had, who made the play against Indiana, right? Took the catch and run 57 yards, who had another play who played pretty well against Ohio state. You remember that Ohio state catch Bryson green had where he broke two or three tackles and rumbled for about 30. Maybe we're start. It took a long time. Again, a guy that was injured. Maybe we expected too much. Well, clearly we expected too much too soon with Bryson, but clearly a guy that the light is starting to come on which you, you look for the rest of this year, but everything we do now is looking at the rest of this year, but also through the lens of next year, like Bryson green starting to come on and building momentum going into next year. That is a good thing. That's a That is a justifiably good thing for this receiver core who needs weapons to develop and weapons to play more consistently. Bryson green, again, maybe it took a little longer than we thought, uh, but it, it looks like it's clicking for him, starting to click for him. Now other players need to come around and, and join him on that ride. Uh, he was asked about Tretch Kekahuna. He said, we'll see. You know, missed time with injury, trying to get him in some rhythm. Tretch got a few snaps uh, last week against Indiana in special teams. Love the kid. Love his attitude and his toughness. I think down the stretch, he's going to have an opportunity. I like it. Like, we're at the point where I want to see Quincy Burroughs a little bit more. I want to see Tretch Kekahuna a little bit more. So, yeah, I think those guys have unique physical upsides. I, mean, I think Quincy Burroughs, 6'2", you know, can run a 4'5", 4, 4'5". Five, four, four, five. I like him. And I think, Tretch, what do you have to lose at this point? I hate to I hate to phrase it like that, but when you look at how inconsistent the passing game is, I'm not sure what the big risk is at, at taking a few looks, uh, an extended look at some young players who could probably springboard into next year. So I would like to see Quincy Burroughs get some reps. I would like to see Tretch get some reps. I think it would be beneficial for them. And maybe it sparks something. This passing game desperately needs a spark. It needs consistency on the edges. It needs people who are going to catch the ball. I, I think at this point, you've seen 
what you're going to get to some degree from the incumbent players. I would like to see some of the young players out there and see what they could do. Um, We're going to take a quick break there. We're going to come back with what I thought was a really interesting question and answer he had regarding Miles Burkett and Nick Evers. And I want to get to that next on Locked on Badgers because maybe we see something different down the stretch in packages. I want to talk about that next. But first, our show today brought to you by our good friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the fastest and largest independently growing daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And it is for a reason. People are sick of the, the traditional play against thousands and thousands of people, false hope, never win, impossible to compete. Because the, the, some of those players, that's all they do. They crunch numbers and they win. And it's impossible for guys like me, guys like you, gals like you to have any chance in those competitions. That's where prize picks comes in. No longer are you competing against the hordes of daily fantasy players out there. It's just you against the numbers. You pick between two and six players, statistical categories. Do they go over? Do they go under? And if you pick the right combination, you win. The money rolls in. It's as simple as that. Plus, incredibly quick. We're all busy, right? You don't want to spend hours doing this. You go in and out, clickety-clack, pick your players, pick your categories, in and out in under 60 seconds, and the money comes in quickly. They use Apple Pay, so you know there's secure payment. It's safe. It's trusted. That's why we use prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a free deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's 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 get back into this because I thought this was maybe the most interesting point that he made. By the way, if you're not on our Discord, I put the link down below. Uh, free Badger talk, great Badger discussion. Fishing, food, beer, Packers, everything in between. No politics, no gophers. Join the Discord. Chop it up today. All right, so let's let's get into this conversation. So um, Coach was asked about, has there been any consideration to potentially using a Miles Burkett or a Nick Evers to get a little more athleticism on the field, maybe in packages? And he said, essentially, right now, we don't believe that's the best way to do it. I mean, he... He pretty quickly, it felt like the energy in his answer was, no, yeah, no, that's not something. But then he went on to say, but moving forward, that we may need to get a little creative. We may need to add some elements, right? We may need to do something to get some athletes and, and playmakers on the field. He did mention, <clears throat> and he didn't specifically use this as any type of negative for Nick Evers or Miles Burkett, but he did mention ball security is paramount at quarterback. You run a risk putting a quarterback out there who hasn't taken snaps this year. That's a fair point. However, this I've said this before, uh, specifically with with Evers, right? Because I th- I think Evers is a unique athlete. Evers is a very unique athlete, and I've said this before. I've said it in the Discord. I've said it on the show. Absolutely, there's a risk to uh, bringing a new quarterback in. There's risks with uh, formational issues, penalties, snaps, ball security. There's also a risk to continuing to run out the same offense that's getting like ten points a game, right? Like, that's also a risk. If you think back uh, to Tanner McAvoy, right? Tanner McAvoy was able to come in and in moments, uh, a big Iowa game, was able to come in and just spark it because he was just so athletic. He was such a difference-making athlete that sometimes you just have to get the ball into dynamic athletes. Nick Evers is 6'3", 6'4". He runs a 4'5", 4'5", Is that the most athletic guy on offense if he's out there for the Badgers right now? Think. I mean, I'm serious. I'm, think about it. If you put Nick Evers out there and just say, we're going to run a wildcat package, 
you're going to take the stamp, roll out, and there's a simple, and I'm not trying to say it's simple, like no, there there is risk involved in everything, but make a simple rollout, run pass option. If it's not there, you run the ball. If Nick Evers is out there, is there a more athletic badger on offense on that play than Nick Evers, who's 6'4", 6'3", runs a 4'5", 4'5", with a cannon arm? I just feel like at some point, I, I understand there's a risk to it, but doggone it, we need to get more explosive on offense right now. And using him in the red zone where maybe there's a little more of a run pass option, using him on short yard situations where he can use his bigger frame and his, his athletic tools to make it a little easier. I, I would like to see it. I would be here for it. Again, I, I do understand the risks behind it. I do understand wanting to stick with the guy who you feel better with from a ball security standpoint. I'm certainly not in practice. I don't, and that's another part. I'm certainly not in practice, right? I don't see how the, all any of these quarterbacks are playing in practice. So, but at some point you have, if you have a dynamic athlete like that, I, I just got to think you can't, can we find a package for him? Can we use him somehow? And we've seen it. We've seen it used successfully. We've seen athletic dynamic quarterbacks be used successfully as a changeup. And if it doesn't work, quite frankly, it's not that different than the rest of the offense lately. Iowa, um, Illinois, Ohio State, Indiana. This is an offense that's been struggling for weeks now. And maybe that's a way to jumpstart it. That's that's all I'd say. I'm not saying it's the magic bullet. I'm not saying Phil Longo is ridiculous for not doing it. I understand the trepidation. But at some point, a 6-3-4-5 kid is a 6-3-4-5 kid. And Wisconsin needs more of those dudes on the field. Recruiting is going to help, but recruiting isn't going to help you the last three games of the season. So I thought it was an interesting statement from him. I thought the idea that he seemed to very slightly open the door to it. We'll see. I'm interested. Um, and again, he went on to say with that one, we might need to be a little more creative, find ways to get guys on the field, make plays with their arms or feet. Let's go to Riley. He had a, an interesting comment with Riley Nowakowski. Someone had asked him about Riley getting more reps, and he, he correctly pointed out that Riley always would have gotten more reps. Riley Nowakowski, the tight end, but he got hurt. He was going to be the starter. But he had an interesting little sidebar with that, and he said, you know, we're trying to find guys that can make things happen, whether it's at the tight end position or not. And you saw that with Nowakowski, right? You saw him catch the ball in the flat, break a tackle, and get another 10 yards. There's a dearth of that on the team right now. Right. Who who's the guy you throw the ball to? And the other defense is like, oh, crap, we got to get to him and tackle him in the open field because he's dangerous. Who Who is that guy right now? It was maybe Ches Malusi. It was maybe Braylon Allen. Those guys are hurt. Uh, that's why it's encouraging to see Bryson Green start to be that guy. Uh, I don't think Pauling is necessarily that guy. Pauling can catch a seam and go, but I don't think he's breaking tackles. I don't think that's DK. I don't think that's CJ Williams yet, maybe in the future with his size. Um. So it was interesting, right? He kind of acknowledged, Coach Fickle kind of acknowledged, yeah, we, we need guys to that can win those one-on-ones, that can break a tackle, that can do the things to other defenses that we've seen Ohio State kind of do to ours at times. So I thought that was interesting. Um, overall, like Luke Fickle's great in the press conference, right? He's accountable. He understands the issues. You can tell he's frustrated. Like you can read the body language and the energy. Like he's he's pissed off. Luke Fickle's not a happy coach with what happened. But he also understands – I think he understands it's a process, right? And he's not going to say that because then it sounds like an excuse. You shouldn't lose to Indiana, even if it's a process. But I think he has answers, and they're just not here yet. All right, let's move on to Greg Gard. Uh, Greg Gard had uh, – Greg Gard and some players, Chucky Fern, um, Max Klesman, talked a little bit after the, the demolishing of Arkansas State. The offensive 
the offensive fireworks. Let's let's hear what these guys have to say. Uh, Chucky did say we have to tighten things up on defense. Stop fouling. We fouled way too much. I want to talk about the fouling things in specific or in particular because fouling will kill this team. With the front court, Wisconsin has Stephen Crowell getting in foul trouble. Can't do it. Even if listen, even if it means you let a guy not let a guy score, but you can't pick up cheapies. Crowell picked up a couple cheapies in this game. You can't do it because behind you is the same issue. It's the same issue we had last year, right? There's not a, a traditional backup five. Winter can play it some. Tyler Wall can play it some. Gilmore can play it some. But there's not a traditional backup five. So the foul trouble is going to be a big deal. Have to avoid that. Chucky, um, this was interesting. He had a quote, or he mentioned that last year, I tried to force it a little too much. And then he started talking about in the first half of this game, letting the game come to him, being that distributor. This is what we talked about all offseason. Chucky Hepburn as a distributor, as that traditional point guard who is a lethal, lethal three-point shooter when left, when given any space. I think he's going to be so good this year in that role. He talked about it. Like, I tried to force a little too much last year. I don't think that was all on him. I've talked about that, too. He didn't have a lot of help around him. But now, now that he doesn't have to force it as much, he talked about being able to pick his spots in the second half. He talked about pushing the ball, keeping it moving. He's talking like a point guard, right? He's he's talking like a guy who understands what is going on, what his role is, and how he can make this team optimized, how he can – maximize the pieces around him. I can't wait to see this year's Chucky Hepburn. I think he's a stud. Max said, uh, this, this is a good one from Klezman. There's a different sense of urgency this year, a different sense of we need to go get it. Yeah. You better, better be right. You, you come off an NIT performance at Wisconsin. There better be a different sense of urgency. So it's good to hear it. They, they had asked him, are you surprised by the offensive explosion? And he just kind of, you know, it's different. We, we have a sense of urgency this year. <coughs> Excuse me. So, I was excited to hear that. And, you know, it's one game. We have to – we definitely have to wait to see. But I thought that was a good quote from uh, from Chucky. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about John Blackwell Jr., what Greg Gard had to say about him, why I have on my my like whiteboard back here, John Blackwell Jr. is a future gasser. I really re- – that was my number one takeaway from the game was Blackwell Jr. We're going to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers. I need to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. This is the perfect time to join FanDuel, and I've talked about FanDuel a lot. It is the number one sports book in America. It's what we go to on the Lockdown Network for a reason. It's safe. It's secure. It's easy to use. It's simple. Plus, every type of bet you can think of, futures. Love them. Niners Super Bowl champions, mark it down. Phoenix Suns, NBA Finals, mark it down. Plus, they have parlays, spreads, teasers. It's all there. And if you're not familiar with sportsbooks, FanDuel makes it incredibly easy to navigate the site, get customer service. There is a reason we we use this site. We endorse it because we use it because we love it. That's what FanDuel is. And again, a great time to get that big-time $150 offer with just a $5 winning bet. That's on FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel is the official betting partner of the NFL. All right, let's let's keep this going here with the rest of Greg Gard's comments. Um, again, really interesting stuff that we got into. We got to see that uh, it's a good start to the season. It's a good way to ease into the year. A huge game coming up against Tennessee. Um, players and coaches both acknowledge that we are not taking too much from this game, but don't take nothing from it. Right. I want to start with John Blackwell Jr. 
I have it on my whiteboard back there. I think he's a future Josh Gosser type. I think he's a future all Big Ten defensive team, good three-point shooter, eight, nine points a game guy, maybe a little more scoring. I think that's possible. I think he's going to need to improve his handle, but all the other stuff, I, I love it. I love what he brings to the court. I'm going to start with this uh, quote from guard on John Blackwell Jr. He comes in and he's fearless. He has a chance to be a really, really good defender, tough, moves well, good balance and base. He's fearless. But it's the body, right? It's a 6'4", 6'5", big physical body that moves well. That guard, that can, You can guard a 1, a 2, a 3, um, even smaller perimeter-ish 4s. Like he's going to have defensive versatility. He plays his butt off. You can see it. He runs the court hard. He knows where to be. He doesn't look like a freshman defensively. He competes fearless. I think he's going to be a really good defender starting, I mean, year one. Now, he's going to make mistakes as a freshman. But he's going to continue growing, and what a good piece. What This is a prototypical modern role player. But re, don't take that the wrong way. Again, people, when you say role player, you take it the wrong way. Role players are winning players in basketball. Like, they're stars, and then there's role players. And, and I don't know if there's a lot in between at times. You know, modern role players plays defense. They're versatile. They play hard. They hit open shots. If you have a couple of those guys and a star – you're going to have a good basketball team. If you have a couple of those guys and two stars, you can go to the final four. This is an integral piece of the next four years in John Blackwell Jr. And maybe more than that. I'm not sure yet. We have to see how the offensive bag develops, but I think the floor is as a, a contributing piece to a really good basketball team for the next four years. I'm incredibly excited about what we saw from John Blackwell Jr., which by the way, backs up what we said in the off season. I thought he would play. I thought he would be a defensive guy. Um, I thought he was an underrated recruit. I said that a bunch of times. And even then, I, I might have been a little too low on him. Um, I'm excited about what we saw there. Greg Gard did mention defensively we got better in the second half, but um, the depth was there. He also mentioned we need to stop fouling. Gard also talked about Chucky Hepburn. Chucky was terrific, taking a younger group, extending our lead. His leadership and voice on the court was really good. Yeah. I think he's the most valuable player on this team, Chucky. I think he's in for a big year. He's not going to score 20 every game. I don't think we want him scoring that much. I think you want him as the facilitator who's going to take advantage of, of opportunities. But he's going to have a really good year. Uh, another quote. This one's from John Blackwell Jr. I love this here. He said, I just let the game come to me. Didn't force anything. Catch and shoot. Simple stuff. You can score without the ball. I was focused on defense, not turning it over, and playing hard. Are you kidding me? This, this kid is like a coach's dream. I was focused on defense not turning it over and playing hard. By the way, everyone kind of dismisses the idea of playing hard. Playing hard's a skill. Not everybody does it. Not everybody comes out and plays hard. Not everybody comes out and gets the hustle plays. Um, I think he's going to be a really good player. I'm very excited about it. Guard did talk a little bit more about Winter Crowell. <clears throat> he said, I will play them together at some point because they play really well together, but this wasn't the game. Obviously, Arkansas, Arkansas State was going small. They were pushing in transition. They were getting to the rim. This is not the game for a too big lineup. But you can see scenarios against the Purdue type where Winter and Crowell together make sense. I think Winter can space the floor a little bit more. Um, Crowell has to get out of foul trouble. But, again, it gets difficult if Winter is going to be part of your backup five rotation too. You, you are going to have to figure that rotation out. And I think Winter is going to be a part of that. So that's going to be interesting to me. Uh, guard on A.J. Store, he knows how to score. We have to make sure we keep getting good shots, uh, but he has the ability to get something out of nothing. There's still a growing process. 
there's points where with Hepper and Store, some of the shots they take and took in this game worry me a little bit. I, I don't, again, w- one game sample size is a one game sample size, but there are shots they took that are a little difficult against Arkansas State. And, and why I say it like that is you, you hope that they're finding easier shots against Arkansas State. You know what I mean? Because the defenders are going to get better and better as we go on. And if we're in a game like this at times settling for kind of fadeaway twos, that worries me just a little bit from an efficiency standpoint. I don't think those are necessarily great looks. Now, Storr has the ability to hit those. I, I was hoping to see more ability to get to the cup against Arkansas State from AJ Storr. Again, this is all one game sample size and nothing to overreact to. I want to be very clear on that. But I thought some of the shots we took were a little difficult given the quality of opponent. And I think it's worth monitoring because if those are the shots we're kind of settling for here, those shots get tougher when you have longer range, you better defenders on you, which you're going to see in the big 10. I'm interested in that. And guard made a point of, we have to make sure we continue to get good shots, but he's not wrong. Store has the ability to get something out of nothing. Big, tall, rangy athlete. Those guys can make things happen. And I thought store played really well in his first game. Let's finish up here. Guard talk about Klesman. His confidence has grown, which has led to him having a more of a leadership voice within the group. Max has made himself quicker, better, and continues to work on his game. Such a valuable piece. I still I still kind of like him all, coming off the bench as a six-man, but Klesman's a winner, and he's going to help this team win in a variety of ways. So it's fine. Um, certainly played really well. Again, under control, no surprise. Good defender. I don't think he missed a shot against Arkansas State. So this is another guy who, much like um, – much like – Josh Gosser will have in the back of the year. He's just, he's going to be a winning player for this team. And uh, what a, what a big pickup two years ago from the transfer portal. So yeah, that's, that's what we got from the two coaches. Um, from the football side, let's see what young players potentially start to step up. Let's see what young players we might see make plays against Northwestern. You got to beat Northwestern, right? You have to beat Northwestern more on that game coming up this week. And on the basketball side, John Blackwell, Jr. Future Gosser. Let's go. Anyway, on Wisconsin. Thank y'all so, so much for tuning in. We'll talk later.